Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Peter Coghill and Nick Hare of Aleph Insights. And also we have with us Mikey Lear as our special guest. And this week we're discussing country versus city. And unusually because of um, lockdown, another lockdown, uh, we're recording this remotely. Let's kick off with Nick. Um, who is Mikey and, and how do you know him? Well, that's a good question. Um, I actually, Mikey is a, a number of things. He's officially, he's a teacher right now, but he's also been, among other things, a fireman, a Guinness World Record holder and a countdown contestant. Very successful one, in fact. Um, and also um, a World War II Spitfire pilot, I believe. Yeah, well, yes. I mean, a, a remarkable uh, facial hair as well. Um I actually know Mikey through board games, um, and I think we've got pretty similar taste in board games, and we're introduced through a mutual friend, um, but I've now played many hundreds of board games together. Um, it, the reason he's here is that he comes from and is currently located in uh, a little village, an idyllic village in West Sussex called Barkham. And okay. uh, Barkham is it's always it's an amazing place where King George VI is still on the throne and it's perpetually a summer day in June. Um, it, and um, I, I thought because of his rural background, uh, it would be ideal to have him on in this discussion. OK. And so I should explain again, I know you sort of referenced it a little bit there, but you do have the most splendid sort of, would you call it a handlebar moustache, uh, Mikey? I don't know. Um, I'll definitely call it splendid. It's pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, is there, in addition to any, has has, has Nick left anything out there, uh, Mikey, apart from um, expert country dweller, is there anything else that we should know about yourself? No, You're a teacher now, is that right? What do you teach? I teach computer science. Uh, yeah. Yeah, as uh, I don't think that really gives me any kind of authority in the current discussion. And um, yeah, as an e expert in the country, I, I'm pretty much not. I'm not really one of them either. I am just someone. Have you ever picked an apple from a tree and munched it? You mean scrumped it? Scrumped an well, apple. Well, I mean, it could have been your own tree for all I care. But I mean, uh, yes, I've yeah, I've picked my own know. apple and munched it. Yeah, and I've also right. scrumped an apple. Definitely. Yeah, uh, you are definitely qualified. I've never scrumped an apple in my life. Um, yeah, so that was a pretty good introduction. Uh, obviously, Nick did the, uh, and a lot of your viewers will have recognised this straight away. Your listeners, I mean, uh, that uh, Barkham is, of course, in East Sussex, not West Sussex. But Nick makes a uh, uh, has a policy of always forget. Normally, he says I'm from Suffolk, uh, and mm. uh, sometimes some other county beginning with S. As long as it's not London. He, uh, it's not he's... on the tube network. So I don't, I've got no idea. Cheerfully indifferent. <laughs> yeah. But, okay. But also, before we go on, though, yeah. Fraser, it must be worth saying yeah. that you yourself have recently become a more rural person. Oh, oh you have. That's right. You've, You've become more rural. Accent <laughs> is wrong, but you're you're in Lincolnshire now. I am. Yeah. So I think you know to give some background here. I mean, amongst the many things that you and I argue about, uh, one of them does tend to be um, you know country versus city. And I'm not certainly London. I'm not a huge fan of. Never have been. I lived there briefly. I still kind of work there. Um, and but. After a brief period of travel about 10 years ago, when I moved back to the UK, I didn't want to live in London. So I sort of moved to Hertfordshire, um, to a lovely little um, place called Sawbridgeworth. Um, but even that, I found that sort of a little bit too um, 
polluted. There's more than one uh, house in it, so you. <laughs> right. Too urban. So yeah, I found I found that too influenced uh, by the city, and so as of about four days ago, I've completely sort of well, not completely, but I've moved in further. Out. I now live in Lincolnshire, um, in a lovely little place. Which this is what's good. This is what's great about the country. I'm not even sure how to pronounce where I live, so I call it Folkingham. I think that's rather frowned upon. Apparently, it's called Fockingham, uh, which my children were having great fun with that. Um, so, so yeah, so I sort of made this, um, you know, I've got even more rural, and I live um, in this little village, and it's definitely a village. I think there's no more than 800 people here. And it sort of actually looks quite Cotswoldy, and it's, I, I'm in a Georgian building, and, you know, and it's, and it's perfectly lovely, and I can't understand why anyone would not want to live somewhere like this, right? So... Um, country versus city. Um, we've not heard from Peter yet. Um, Peter, country yeah, well, versus. Let, let's just go for it and and get yeah, our well, views as out. We, as we alluded, this is a hot debate, not only in LF Insights but also in my household. So I'm right. I, I was brought up a sort of country boy, although small town boy, really. Um, I, I'm advocating for us to move out of London. We've currently we moved back into London. Um, beginning of this year just before who's lockdown. we who's we me, me and my me and my girlfriend rosie uh and uh we've got a new 13 13 week old child just, mm -hmm. just arrived mm -hmm. i'm yeah. advocating for a move out of london for all of the benefits that it has bigger it, house but i just say though space. he lives in crouch end which practically is the countryside <laughs> <laughs> well it doesn't feel like it it doesn't feel like no. it it's well within the m25 in fact it's well within the southeast of england which is it's just terrible <laughs> um, i sense resistance within your household um but yeah what are your motivations then why do you want to move well um, it's the here? space it's for me it's the space it's it's the uh at the moment i'm probably no more than about five meters away from three other um uh households uh, in a sort of block, in a sort of block of housing, block of uh, sort of mod, nice flat, like nice set of mm. flats. But you know, it's just having people around. I feel, I feel quite crowded. And mm. the fact that uh, you know, the if I step out my house, it would take me a, at least two hours to find somewhere that's wide open and green that I can't mm. see another house in. Uh, everywhere I, you know, everywhere you go is just people, people, cars, cars. Um, mm. It's busy. Just close your eyes. They all disappear. Oh, yeah, I could I could invest in a VR headset, but it wouldn't quite have the same effect. Hmm. <laughs> um, we will come. We, I want to hear the, for the case uh, for the city, and then we'll come to Mikey uh, Nick uh, City. Uh, yeah, well, like, I think the case for and against is going to be probably what we're talking about. But cards on table. I'm a 100% city person. I've uh, always lived in a city, um, <clears throat> primarily London. Um, and uh, I think one of the reasons I, I, I'd like to have this discussion is because people have such a downer on it. I feel like I'm kind of uh, in the position of, of wanting to defend the city and particularly London, which which people just feel perfectly free to criticize all the time. Um, and um, and I want to take the opportunity to kind of, you know, to, to slag off the countryside because everyone <laughs> everyone loves it. Everyone loves the countryside. I think it's about time it, someone gave it a good a good uh, good kicking. Uh, good, yeah, good kicking. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody countryside. Rubbish. Well, tell, tell, tell us why don't you like the countryside? Well, we'll get we're going to get to that, aren't we? That's what oh, we're going right. to be talking about. Okay. So I don't, I don't want to well, spill the beans at this point. Um, okay, so you want to keep your powder dry, Mikey? Um, what prompted? I mean, where are you from originally? What prompted? I don't know if it was a move um, to the countryside. I don't know. No, I'm from. Tell us about where you. I'm from Barkham, which you know previously mentioned, and 
some described as the center of the world, but um, oh, some don't even know it's here. Uh, and I have moved away. It's got a portal. It's got a thing protecting it like Wakanda, isn't it? You, you can only get to it if someone invites you in. I'm sure that's funny. I don't know what you mean. Because uh, uh, <laughs> you're from Barkham. Yeah, they don't have any cinemas. He doesn't. They don't have. They've only got. They've only got silent films there. Yeah, you've got three channels. Yeah, it's a cinema-based joke. Yeah, okay. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get that. Um, yeah, so I, I have grown up here and come back here, and uh, have uh, spent some time in London and uh, Brighton and other cities. Actually, I'm a fan of cities. I really like them, uh, but I basically th- see them as good places to visit. And uh, I'm glad that you know there's people who are kind of suckers basically who are propping them up. And, and, and possibly some of your listeners are city dwellers. And I don't want to insult them. I'm sure they've got their reasons. But I, I, I guess primarily I see them as dating agencies, particularly London. Uh, <laughs> people swarm in to London when they're 20 or whatever, thinking I am single and I better get a job or something so I can meet someone of the opposite sex or, or you know, same sex and, and marry them. And then Peter... What happens is they get to the age where they have found someone and they have a child and then they think, what on earth am I doing in this pesky yeah. place? It's full of crime. I, I am fully fulfilling that trope. And all I, these, I, well, I, as I indeed is Fraser. And, and there's all these sexy people wandering around who I, who I have no interest in anymore. So why don't I just get the heck out? And that is, um, and yeah, so I, they have a function. They're great and they're interesting places to go and visit. But uh but yeah, it's it, Nick. You've had your children. You've you've got your girlfriend. Get out. Get out now. No, you know. See, that's there. Look, <clears throat> I mean, I think we we're going to start to get onto the subject matter here. Hmm. Before we do, yeah, can we can we just let's talk about outcomes? Uh, like I look, I was trying to work out. Can I can I can I base my love of London and city life? on anything resembling an evidential foundation that was the question I mean, I, the answer is going to be no isn't it i can hear sadly i was hoping to unearth piles of data that proved that people in the countryside died at the age of 30 and uh, had terrible lives but no it seems that living in the countryside is sort of good for you in some way um so if you live in a rural area you're going to on average live two years longer you um you uh, are going to be more likely to be employed uh, which I was surprised by, because what do people in the countryside do? They can't all be blacksmiths. So anyway, you're more likely oh, to be employed as well. Yeah, yeah, and um, and and actually, their earnings are not drastically different. If you, I mean, I must say, London is a bit of an outlier on the earnings front, as you'd expect. Um, the uh, educational outcomes at at um, GCSE are, are better, um, but actually, slightly fewer people in the countryside go to university. Um, I think probably because they're scared because most universities have got people in them and stuff. Um, the evidence on envi- whether it's more environmentally friendly to live in the countryside, that is actually quite, everyone thinks there's something green about the countryside, but it's certainly mixed. And there's some evidence that living in the city might be more environmentally friendly because you're less likely to drive to places and so on. Um, basically, the countryside is a, a great place to live. That seems to be the outcome to which I have only one question. Why the fuck are they all here? Why are they all living in London? Why have they all moved to my hometown to push up house prices and then moan about it? I think maybe the country people can explain that before I go on about how great living in the city is. 
Yeah, Mikey, you go for it. <laughs> You're asking me to defend the choice of all the country people to turn up in yeah, London yeah. and live, yeah, there. You live there. Well, that's yeah, what well yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but if this countryside is so great, what are people doing here? That's what I don't understand. Why do most people live in the city? And in fact, if you look over the last... I, I think it's of, just a very it, grand scale fear of missing out. It's just FUMO on a very grand scale. Um, the people, as I think Mikey outlined, move to, the, move, move to towns when they're young and they want, they want nightlife and they want fun and they want excitement. It's all like oh, it's all a massive myth, um, and uh, you 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 will you sort of quickly become disillusioned with it, as I have, and and want to move away. But no, it's just economic opportunity or perceived economic opportunity that makes people move to the city, right? That's it, and you you know you don't want to you don't want to live a long way from your job. Isn't it as simple as that? I I, I do think there's something in my um, dating agency theory. I I feel like if every girl in your village has already rejected you. <laughs> yeah, both both of them. Yeah. <laughs> then, 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 after a while, something inside you is just going to say, maybe I should uh, try another village. And then, but you know, you run out of villages before long. <laughs> well, yeah, but if that's, but don't doesn't everyone meet people at at work and on Tinder and stuff these days? I mean, do you? How do you meet? A, let's say you see a girl in the street. I, I'm, maybe I'm about to show myself up here, but do you go up to them and say you're pretty? Can I go out with you? No, I know you get a job in in their in their place of work, and then you and then you wait well, you until Christmas, find out where they work. <laughs> you wait until Christmas and go to the office party, and yeah. you know the old fashioned way. And then if that doesn't work out, you get a new job. People in London are always changing jobs, aren't they? Is that what you do all, all the time? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. yeah, I was a greengrocer last week. <laughs> so let's 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 get to the heart of the matter. Um, um, so look, I mean, Nick, one of the things you said there is these people coming to my hometown. So I suspect one of the one of your um, key defences here is going to be the fact that oh, I'm from here. This is my hometown, and like everyone likes their hometown. So so that's why um, it just happens to be London. But also the fact that it is your hometown. You've grown up surrounded by all this wonderful, rich tapestry of, that is London, and that's why you love it so much. I mean, uh, am I broadly on the right track here? Yeah, I mean, so so this is the thing. You keep talking about it as though it's just some kind of shop. You come here to get a girlfriend and a job and earn some money, and then as soon as you can, you bugger off. And and if you look, I did a search on Google for why I hate the city, and it's got 579 million hits. Why I hate the countryside has only got 18 million. Um, mm. So, so you know, I'm simultaneously surrounded by people who apparently don't want to be here and yet and yet are here, you know, because they like all the opportunities it gives you. Well, you can't really separate one from the other. But but I think for me, it's more that London is. Uh, uh, so last I'll just say over the weekend, we went on holiday to London, which might surprise you because I live here. But we went to we got a hotel in central London with mm. a swimming pool and we spent a couple of days walking around. Um, so on one day we went for a walk around the city, for example, and there's, you know, it was empty. There's no one there during the weekend. And all these little churchyards and, you know, every street has a has a blue plaque on it where someone famous lived. And, you know, or some story about where, you know, something got bombed and there's some shrapnel damage or there used to be a building there, which did. Or there's a thing that's a thousand years old. <clears throat> every every hundred yards is something like that. If you go to the countryside, I don't know if you know this, but if you go to the countryside, there's just a fucking tree. Yeah, it's just I, a tree every hundred. I, I completely it's pathetic. <laughs> One trees are pretty good, but two, I completely agree <laughs> that, um, that that the city is great. And I'd say most of the time in your city, in the city, you're not experiencing it like that. But when I go, I what I do every single time, I walk down the street and I go. 
whoa, there's a restaurant from the Eastern Europe. Cool. What? It's right next to another restaurant from a different place in Eastern Europe. That's a mind-blowing. And uh, I feel like a, a, you know, a child in a candy shop or whatever. I don't know. Like a, like a, like a country bumpkin in a city. Uh, and it, yeah, so it's always like that for me. And I really like the city for that reason. But you can only really appreciate it by not being from there, like you had to, by pretending to not be from there for a, for a moment. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I've done similar in the past, as you said, Nick, uh, not necessarily when I lived in London, but, you know, just going on a little family holiday into central London in a, a hotel. It's absolutely lovely, a beautiful place to visit, as you say, Mikey. And, and really, as you say as well, Nick, uh, Peter, are you, you were about to come in on something. there. I think we need Peter's perspective because he's clearly not a fan of all this. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was. I definitely was when I was younger and I just liked the sort of the buzz, inverted commas, whatever that is, of, of the city. I do like the convenience um of the city to being able to find any different type of particular type of eastern european restaurant on the same high street is it has it has its has its uses but in the age of the internet and amazon much of that kind of convenience is, can be replicated elsewhere and and i I'm, I'm totally with mikey on the the visiting following nick's model but just traveling slightly further i could mm-hmm. come i can come in on the weekend and enjoy the the quietness of the city uh mm. of a weekend should i wish and i could do so in greater lavish style with all the money that i've saved by not living there um yeah yeah, yeah. I, um nick i feel that uh, you're losing incident, this incident, the reason nobody lives in the city the city of yeah. london city is because there are no bloody houses because ground rent is too expensive so it's just corporate <laughs> Yeah, it's because of wankers like you moving in. No, that's <laughs> people that's who don't want to be there. London, that's because the city moving. of London cleared everybody out, Highland clearances kind of style, to make room for businesses. Nick, I don't often say this, but it does feel like you're on the losing side of this argument. Well, no, well, um, I suppose my my question, my angle here is if cities are so bad, which is what apparently everyone thinks, right? Because mm. uh, they, as soon as they can, as soon as they've got the things they want, they leave. Mm. I, why just... You know, it's like if I told you about a um, a type of food that no one ate in uh, the year 1800. <clears throat> By 1850, half of people were eating. And now 80% of people are eating that food on a daily basis. Um, I feel like I, d- I don't even, there wouldn't even be an argument about whether that food was any good. I mean, it's obvious that it's good. Otherwise, everyone wouldn't be doing it. But it's just, you know, everyone, I mean, even people who live in the cities, think that it's better to live in the countryside and i just uh, uh, it clearly isn't i mean it just you know because of the fact that um so many people are here if it was that bad they'd leave and in fact if you look at um if you look at sort of the change in the population over the last um the last sort of uh, 50 years you might expect there to be uh, a drift back towards the countryside because of things like remote working in amazon but actually there's no evidence of that it seems that actually more people are moving moving into the city every year and and now a lot of it is um uh, migration from overseas but then you know why do people want to come to come all the way from syria to the uk and go and live in london instead of rural lincolnshire I mean, the question asks, answers itself, doesn't it? Well, no, it doesn't, because maybe oh. it's because the sorts of opportunities that um, those people would find for work uh, maybe don't lend themselves well, to remote then working. Explain why employment so is higher in the countryside. To, and so, so therefore, they have to go and work in the city. Sorry, what was your question there? Sorry? Employment is higher in the countryside. Well, they're two separate issues. I mean, the, the fact that the employment is higher in the countryside means that there's there's more people moving out of the countryside, and the not, jobs can't be filled. So there's you know, who are, those who are able and wanting to work can. 
Um, mm. the, 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 the people who live in my, to my mind, people, it feels like living in a city, you're kind of a slave to economic forces. You know, you, it's not really a choice. You're kind of forced mm. into it to find, find jobs or as Mikey has put it to find love. Um, if I think, you know, deep down, if you had the choice, probably people would rather live in the countryside, uh, and, and drive in and visit the city on the train. Um, but it's that they, they're sort of compelled to by this, this sort of state of the modern world to, to, to force themselves into smaller boxes living very close to each other. Mikey, what do people do in the countryside? What do they work as? Oh, what they work as? Ah, yeah, I'm not. Uh... Yeah, like I, I'm often amazed when I go to the, this countryside there and uh, like where, up near where my mum's got a cottage in Lincolnshire and um, and there's thousands of people living in this town. Do they all work at the John West packing yeah. plant? I mean, what do I, they do? I, to be honest, I'm a little bit unsure about that. At least one of them's a teacher. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and, and there's about two farmers in the whole countryside, I suppose. So that's a couple. But uh, yeah, I don't really know. I, I, I find that a bit baffling too. I, haven't, you, <laughs> haven't you done the research on that? I sort of thought you'd turn up with more stats. No, no, it's actually surprising how hard it is to find decent data comparing the country with the city. You can find all kind of regional things, um, you know, and and stuff about the north-south divide. But, um, but uh, you know, the problem is every region has a city in it, so you can't really use regional data. Um, the the it, it, so it's actually quite hard to find out what the difference is and and I think from what I can tell it, it, in all honesty there isn't really a significant difference in most outcomes you know even though I mentioned a few things they're they're quite small those differences um, so which really surprised me and I was I was expecting there to be quite a big out uh, you know difference in in kind of average outcomes but uh, and and I, I'm very surprised to find that people in the countryside earn about the same as people in cities for example but. Um, uh that's that's that might be because a lot of them go and work in the city and then commute back but um mm. there is one aspect though which i think i want to touch on because it is uh probably pertinent to, to some something i think is the case in cities which is that um it seems and this is evidence from the us that people who live in the city are more open to experience now you could is causation questions there but but that openness to experience is, is linked to innovation uh technological innovation um people who live in the city it may not surprise you are likely to be more extrovert um but people who live in the city are also uh less agreeable and less conscientious um there's not that much difference in life satisfaction actually uh it seems that life satisfaction is related to income which uh, is, as I've said, is not significantly different. Uh, so wh what I'm saying is that people who live in the countryside are boring and introverted and closed-minded. <laughs> is that necessarily a bad thing? If you're surrounded by similar people, that sounds fine. <laughs> well, if you are, you wouldn't know it because they're all <laughs> hiding in their houses. Boring, introverted, and what was the last one? Closed-minded. Mm. Yeah. But they're also, you know, they're also several miles apart from each other. So that's totally <laughs> I think like, I'm, yeah. I'm surprised by the, I, I assume the direction of this conversation was going to go more along the lines of think of all the fascinating things there are to do in the in the city, which there are lots of like, you know, going to the kinema. What did you call it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that, that, the place with the movie. Yeah, yeah, and, and the, you know, what's there to do in, in the countryside, except for look at the tree. Um, yeah. So, the boring thing, I think, is one of the really good aspects of being in the countryside. It, it is quite boring and being bored is 
quite relaxing and nice and uh the kind of fun you have to get up to is um is more is more low-key but has a kind of um a kind of richer texture to it it uh, but which you probably don't have any idea what I'm talking about. But I'm thinking of a particular example of of a, of a friend of mine told me he, he came, he went to visit some friends and he went into the kitchen and they were lying on the floor uh, of the kitchen looking at the ceiling. Is that a, is that a common? This isn't. Thing? But I feel like maybe after this uh, oh. after, after this podcast goes goes out, it will be <laughs> it <could> become <laughs> a craze. Yeah. So that... An inter county competition of lying on. No, the wait. I haven't got, I haven't got to the comp- competitive bit yet. They they had their oh, mouths okay, open yeah. and they were just lying on the floor staring at the ceiling. And and he said, "Well, what are you up to?" And they sort of gestured upwards and they um, nibbled off the edge of and the bottom of a Jaffa cake each and had stuck the orangey bit to the ceiling. And they were waiting to see who could catch the orangey bit in their mouth first. So now I don't think anyone in London would ever have thought of that. <laughs> and that uh, that proves it. <laughs> yeah. Boredom, yeah think... boredom does have a way of uh, creating invention. Yeah, but if, if necessity is the mother of invention, then boredom is the mother of lols, maybe. Is it true, though? I mean, I went to... I've been to the countryside a few times. In fact, my family are actually from the countryside. <clears throat> so I've been, I have been there a, a few times and I've, and, uh, but I wouldn't say that the, the frequency, I mean, the things that I can do in the city include things like going down the, down the road to the shops and just getting something that I need. And, um, Amazon. Uh, well, not if it's a pint of milk and, or a block of cheese. And a wonderful village shop where I can get milk and also a nice cheery smile from the person who works. Can you get Guanciale and provolone? <laughs> I, I wouldn't want those things. They sound terribly foreign. Yeah. I, I, as long as you can get a good Bramley apple and a, and a yeah. loaf yeah. of bread, then yeah. no, I, so that's the, the thing for me. It's the instant opportunity to just go and do things. But I, having said that, I, I feel like when we're in the countryside, it's not that the frequency of doing things is significantly lower. You know, people go to, people still go out to eat, but they go to, out to eat at the one so-called gastro pub, which has a pie instead of one of, you know, a hundred different restaurants that they could get to. It, it's like, mm. it's like, I still think they're doing the same number of things. They're just, the, those things are less good and there's less choice about them. Um, look, there's a, there's a question I want to move on to, because actually we're quite a way, we're surprisingly near the end of this, actually. Um, I still don't feel we've got quite to the heart of the, of the raging uh, country versus city debate. Um but actually maybe my question at the end will help settle that um but in the meantime i've just got one thing uh, which is i think I mean, we've framed this as country versus city but actually what we've framed this as so far is uk countryside versus london right because actually yeah that's I'm true. Not a huge fan of cities but i really do not like london um i found it a city that's quite hard to navigate and you know without i mean we can all guess all sort There's of an app you know, for that razor give you a shout out to your youth app <laughs> ways <laughs> love it um yeah so but i think there are cities that i've visited around the world um that i just think are, and even in the uk i mean that are, are wonderful places where i could imagine living you know um so but just for example i think possibly my favorite city i've been to in the world is is probably rio de janeiro um which is i could definitely live there 
Um, you've got nice wide open space. You've got a bloody great, you've got not just a beach, loads of beaches, all sorts of stuff going on, but it's a city of 10 million people. Um, but I could definitely live there. And, and that's just one. I'm sure there are many other places. So I think we've been, I think it's just not, it's not cities that are shit. It's just London, Nick. Um, what, 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 Peter, Mikey, Nick, what, what do you think to what I've said there? I know. I, I, I think they're all kind of, I think London's up there with one of the better ones, actually. If I was had to live in any city, I would probably choose London. Uh, oh God. The, 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 because, because a lot of the sort of smaller, the, the sort of so-called medium-sized towns that, in that call themselves cities in the uk a lot of them are pretty terrible and they, they the high street comprises of a sort of closed down woolworths and a, a couple of charity shops and a vaping shop that's more or less what you get on most high streets these days um they're they're they're, they're kind of the worst of both worlds it's sort of it's like a sort of sub a island of suburbs being stuck out in the middle of nowhere um yeah i think you've got to go big and go either live in a in a in a, in a barn conversion miles away from anybody or You've got to live in London. Uh, Mikey, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think... I mean... Uh, I feel like you might have just alienated all of us there. Uh, I, I think... I mean, I quite like London. I mean, I, my prediction is that um, those two ingredients that Nick came up with just to make us all feel small because we'd never heard of them. If you... if you, if you, your, your listeners in Burnley, for example, won't be thinking, I can get them in the, in the corner shop, possibly. So, uh, you know, will Nick be uh, just as happy with anywhere else? I suspect not. Well, it's just, I mean, this is why I think, you know, we talked before about the, the sort of widening of the moral circle mm. as being a kind of key uh, ingredient of progress over the last sort of 200 years. And I say progress in the sense of sort of broadly understood the move away from kind of factionalism and tribalism and violence uh, towards a, you know, seeing seeing the world in terms of a, a sort of, you know, bunch of roughly equally worthwhile individuals um, about whom we should be equally concerned. And I think life in the city predisposes you to that kind of mentality. You know, you, you, you have that you have to. Be more tolerant if you live in a city. You're going to be more tolerant. You're going to be exposed to more things. You know, if you, I remember my 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 granddad who who grew up in the countryside in Ireland. Um, he he just could not get on with any form of foreign food at all. Mm. And it wasn't because he was being racist or anything. Um, it was nothing like that at all. It's just that he just didn't like understand, for example, Chinese takeaways. He didn't understand how you could have the rice and the things mixed up together, for example. And but living in the city, you're kind of you, your your horizons will certainly expand. You have, they have to to accommodate all the things that are out there, um, mm. including including Gran Charlie and provolone. And and if you haven't got <laughs> Gran Charlie and provolone, you can't make spaghetti carbonara because you can't make it with um, with Morrison's bacon and Parmesan cheese. I'm sorry, but you what, can't. What's Gran Charlie? It's pig. It's cured uh, pig cheek. <laughs> Okay. Don't use if you and if you're thinking of using a bit of beloved of rural Italians. I'm so glad I can be unhappy now whenever I try and make carbonara. I didn't realise that was an opportunity. I thought I was doing it right. Thank you. (laughs) Opening my eyes. (laughs) Um, Look, let's finish this off. I think uh, arguments like this are best demonstrated uh, anecdotally, Uh, and I rather liked your um, example of of the Jaffa cake competition with bits on the ceiling, Mikey. Uh, So that being the case, tell us a moment um that was in your urban experience or your rural experience that that you that you look back on now or even at that time going yes this is why i must live here this is where i belong 
right? Um, maybe you can't surpass the, um, the Jaffa cake. Maybe there's all sorts of moments like that, Mikey. I don't know. Um, who, who wants to go first? I have. Well, I have. A re- I have. I, I witnessed a sort of slightly distressing incident. Not nothing violent or anything uh, that made me decide I definitely don't want to bring up a child in in London. Um, I was uh, I was taking a bus. Um, and I can't remember where it was, somewhere central London. Very busy. I think the, the, the tubes had failed. But I was taking the bus anyway. But the tubes had, tubes had gone, uh, gone to pot. Uh, and this bus was, the buses were really busy. Um, and there was a woman trying to get on the bus with a pram. Um, and uh, she, she was already on the bus when I got on. And she was quite happy where she was. Uh, she was the bus was filling up, and the bus driver was trying to force her off the bus. I think there was a disabled passenger trying to get on, so it, quite rightly she she should probably have given way. But it was it was a terrible evening, dark, raining very hard, and the last you know the last thing this poor woman wanted to do was get off the bus. She wanted to just just get on with the journey, and arguably there's probably not going to be a pram on the next one, so they, the so the wheelchair music could possibly have given way but the, the the rest of the customers were really really ganging up on this poor woman and it mm. just made me think i'm never ever going to get on a bus with a well at least there is a bus you wouldn't get one in the countryside but, I, but, but also but, i'm totally but would, on the side of those passengers I, as well i would get, like, they've got their own lives to live yeah, but in the i want to hear peter i want to hear peter i want to hear peter in the countryside i would afford be able to afford to have a car and just have the convenience of just driving myself <laughs> Because what about the poor woman with the pram? She might not be able to afford a car. No, but if she lived in the, if she, if she could afford, if she, every whatever she was earning in the city, the money she'd save on rent, living in an equivalent-sized house in the countryside, she could afford a very nice car. I hope you informed yeah. her of that to help improve. I think her. all those people on the bus were just impatient; they just want to get home to their provolone and Grand Charlie. Yes, I'm yeah. on their side here. Just if you've got a pram, doesn't give you the right to hold up, you know. 60 people who need to get back for their supper. I think no, but it wasn't her that was holding up. It was a bus driver who was trying to, trying to, trying to refusing well, to do the bus. He's got a supper to worry about as well. I'm on his side. No, as well. he, he just like bent the rules and carried on, and nothing would have been. It, it would have been I, yeah. the, whole, the whole city seemed to descend on this poor woman. Um, yeah, outrageous. I think, I think um, yeah, anecdotes were definitely the right way to go with this. Uh, uh, Nick, let's hear yours. Well, it's funny, actually, that Peter should mention public transport because I've got, I've got one that's um, kind of related. And it re- reminds me of the fact that one of the most annoying things, um, not necessarily for me, although it is annoying, is when you go out for a pint after work with someone who uh, you know lives in the countryside and the whole evening is dominated by their need to get the 1043 from from Paddington and it's like okay well that means we've got a plan oh we've got to go for dinner now we've got to do- it's really annoying and and that you're totally dependent on on public services in the countryside unless you have you know unless you have a a car which you're willing to use and of course if you've been out for a few pints you can't anyway um but yes i do it was the evening of princess diana's funeral and mm. um I happened to have arranged, uh, well, I was, I was out for a, tri- a few drinks with some friends of mine. Went to Soho, this is quite some time ago. I was a young man at the time. We went out to Soho, uh, had some, you know, had plenty of wine and, and beer, and then uh, just went for a walk through Soho, walked up to the Mall, probably stopped at a pub or two on the way just to go and see what was going on. And the whole of the Mall was, uh, you know, full of uh, mourners, you know, with their candles out and everything. And just as we were we were sort of getting to the Trafalgar Square end, I could see the sun coming up um, and reflecting off the windows of Buckingham Palace. And then I walked home and it took me, which took me about an hour. And um, you can't do that. You could just never be able to do that in the countryside. There's something like that, a collection of events like that strung together mm-hmm. could just simply could not occur because they wouldn't all be in one place and you wouldn't be able to walk home. I like that, Nick. 
Nice, nice, persuasive. What, a, what about you? We've had Mikey's Jaffa cake. Mikey, is there any? And Mikey any must other? have low, way, way hold, more. Hold, um, if the sun was just coming up, couldn't you just get the six, the six o'clock out of Paddington at that point? The first train out of Paddington. Uh, I, I was in um, Trafalgar Square. Well, yeah, but wherever you're going to the country, just if you, you're staying up all night, you just get the first train home, don't you? Well, you probably have to go straight to work if you were the kind of person who needed to get the train home. Oh, but ask Hardy, um, ask Hardy, I think Hardy Country Folk. Now. Will, ask Hardy yeah, Country Folk. I, I will have, to, a, we'll have no, an overnight I, bag and we'll just have a shower in the office and be ready to go. Um, I don't want to hear from you two anymore. Uh, Quite right, <laughs> Mikey. Um, um, yeah, I'd, I'd say uh, that all my stories are fairly heavily that boredom based, and therefore don't translate brilliantly <laughs> into anecdote form. But um, I, I, I guess, I mean, one experience which is not, uh, it doesn't make a great story, but it, it's continuous throughout my life is going to visit people in London. Um, taking the train up, turning up, and then going, oh, let's go to the park. And, and you know, walking across a few streets and, and waiting at red lights and then going into the park and jostling past a sort of turnstile of people. And and then kind of eventually you get to a place where if you look in the right direction, you can't see any buildings anymore, but you can see a swarm of other humans who've all crammed themselves in there. And and you think, oh, this is what it would look like in back at home if you crammed a whole load of people in here. Uh, and 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 that's a special sort of it's like yeah, a treat to be treated to by by your by your city friends <laughs> who are unaware that they're showing you an incredibly budget version of uh, what's around all the time. So uh, that is that kind of always solidifies my my thoughts about the city. Well, I want to say that whenever Mikey comes over, he doesn't even leave yeah, the basement. No, so yeah, no, Nick treats me well. Involved. We go into the basement and we shutter the the one window, and it's just like being in the countryside when it's raining. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, um, I, I don't think don't think we need any anecdotes from me. Um, but I think that. Oh well, no, but Fraser, come on. I, I can't think of any. Actually. You're the romantic. You're the guy who's presumably had some epiphany about yeah. how the countryside. So, the English countryside in Lincolnshire, if you don't mind, is so fabulous. It's just a thought. I can't think of it. You could, instead of answering the question you asked, just make up your own question and answer that. <laughs> yeah, that's what he normally does. As a fan of the show, I, I've, I've detected the theme. <laughs> <laughs> is that what I usually do? <laughs> I do. I need, yeah, okay, that's interesting. I do actually make up the rules, and yeah, you're quite right. Um, well, I, I mean, I sort of do have... Um, um, all the stuff I can think I've done in the countryside, I can't really mention on the podcast. That was too, it was too fun. I can't talk about it on a podcast, really. Um, it's fun so, as in was it like the Wicker Man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like that. Um, and actually, I've had too many fun times in the city, to be honest. So um, I, I just don't. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here, to be honest. Yeah, I think um, you're a deluded romantic, and you have a kind of, you know, ruralist vision, a pastoral vision of what your life is going to be like, do, and do what you, know, you don't realise is that you're going to be there, and it'll be just mm. like, just like life in the city, but with less opportunities to eat kebabs. Do you know what? Um, I, I think. Do you know? I think probably what spoiled me and sort of um, skewed me for the rest of my life um, was my first ever kiss um was was on a, on a on a riverbank in rural bedfordshire in the springtime and uh you know with um, blackbirds sort of chirp, chirping away in the bushes and so on um and 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 cows lowing etc and i think you know that mixture of the of the bucolic with the romantic and the seminal that's that's what sort of you know set me up for country living M okay. mine was in the 100 club how about that then Perfect I contrast. I don't know what the Corn Hundred Club is. Oh, but I presume it's oh, some, some ingredient in carbonara. No, you know, so drum and bass. 
very yeah. famous London yeah, yeah, yeah. nightspot. Um, okay, well, I think, do you know what? Often at the end of these, I feel that um, we haven't resolved anything. Unfortunately, Nick, I'm sorry, but I think in this one we have. Um, I just don't, I just don't, and I must admit, you always, you always <laughs> beat me in arguments, Nick. But, but um, I think on this one, I have to say, with the big guns of Peter and even the bigger uh, guns of Mikey, I think we've sort of blown you out of the water here, Nick. Um, well, it's official. Country is way better than city. Okay. Fine. Just um, get off my land. <laughs> so on, on that note, um, I just want to say um, thank you very much. Um, how do I usually finish you this You sometimes say, I've really um, enjoyed this, but you haven't said it this time. So I'm, I'm a bit worried. I, I was hoping for that. <laughs> <laughs> so um i think oh, we need great. to wrap up there i've really enjoyed this so, <laughs> so thank you as always for listening to the cognitive engineering podcast i'm here with i've been here with peter cockle and nick Hare of aleph insights but a special thank you uh to mikey lear um country expert um thank you for your time and for your insights and your expertise um and thank you to our listeners for listening until next time goodbye mm-hmm.